You're listening to the Savvy Painter Podcast, episode number 288. Welcome to another episode of the Savvy Painter Podcast. So happy to have you here with me today. And today what we're going to talk about is how to curate your thoughts so that you can create whatever emotion that you want to have in your studio. The example that I'm going to use here is I purposefully create the feeling of abundance. You can use this to create whatever feeling you like to paint from. And the reason this is so important is because what happens on your canvas is a direct reflection of what's happening in your mind. And so you want to be very, very intentional with that. And this came up as an episode that I wanted to create for you because I was talking with a friend of mine and she made this observation that I have a lot going on. And she's like, yeah, you always take a lot on at the same time. And I thought that was really interesting, this concept. It connects to so much of what we've been talking about here. And so I wanted to share some of my thinking about it and give you some insight, I guess, into how I think about it and how I do it, because I do have a full schedule and I am very, very deliberate about what goes on there and why it goes on there. Because I like having a full schedule. I like having a lot going on because there's so much that I like to do. And there's so many things that I want to create and I want to achieve and all these things. So I love to have a full schedule. And I also like to feel really free with my time. So for me, these things are really compatible. And I think that's not the case for a lot of people. I think for a lot of people, this idea of having a very full schedule and having like full freedom with their time feels a little bit opposed to each other. But that choice that I'm making there and how I started this conversation, that choice to be focused and to decide purposefully what I focus my attention on is what we are exploring today. And one of the things that it sort of reminded me of is that it feels related to me to the concept of multitasking, which has been pretty much debunked, I think. And a lot of us have realized that multitasking, multitasking isn't actually a thing, right? It doesn't actually exist. It actually just slows us down significantly because we're not doing two things at the same time. What we're actually doing when we multitask or when we attempt to multitask is we are actually just switching back and forth rapidly. We're just rapidly switching our attention back and forth between two or maybe three different tasks. And when we do that, there is this added delay. When we make a switch from one task to another where our brain has to reorient itself and it has to find its place it has to find where it was. It has to find the place when it moves back and forth between like tasks A and task B. So I think most of us intellectually know this and we've experienced it enough. Just imagine, for example, this is where I think it's always super, super clear. Just imagine having a phone call or a conversation with somebody who's trying to talk to you and give directions to someone else at the same time. There's In that scenario where there's another, there's like two conversations basically happening, what happens is there's a lot of like, wait, 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 
what was I just saying? I forgot where I was. And sometimes that person can bring themselves back. Sometimes though they need a little bit of prodding, they need a little bit of like, oh, you were talking about this, or you were just saying the last thing you said was X, Y, Z, right? So they get a little reminder and then their brain goes back to that place where they were, but there's that gap while they reorient the brain back to another place. So we kind of know that doing two different things at the same time is inefficient, but what I think gets overlooked is what happens when our thinking is trying to do that same thing, right? So this is something that I hear a lot from artists is like, oh my gosh, my, I'm so scattered, I'm focused. When your thoughts are not focused and they're sort of bouncing around, what's actually happening in your mind is you're constantly reorienting yourself back into focus, back where you were. So where this really matters, I think, is I'll just use the example of when you're actually painting and you have all these different thoughts that are happening in your mind, you're not focused on the painting and you're constantly having to bring yourself back to the painting. So that's what it means when I, like, this is basically what I mean when I talk to you all about managing your mind. It is managing your mind is directing your thoughts instead of allowing your thoughts to direct you. It is choosing to focus on a single concept, a single focus, and then staying on that path and just kind of like allowing all the other ones, like not entertaining the other ones. They're going to come, but you just don't entertain them. You just allow them to just float on by. This is something that I'm always working on. I'm learning and I'm practicing this all the time, every day. And I have, for myself, I have a daily practice where I choose intentionally, like how I want to think. And oftentimes what I'll do is I'll choose that for a specific, you know, I might choose it for a very specific amount of time. Like I might decide like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to practice this particular thought, or I'm going to practice this way of thinking for 24 hours, or for maybe if it's a more difficult thought or, or a thought that is more challenging for me, then it might just be an hour that I decide that I'm going to like really focus on bringing that thought in. So I'm saying that because I don't want, I never want when we have these conversations in the podcast, for those of you who are in growth studio, these are concepts that we talk about often. So just don't expect to hear a concept one time and then be able to apply it every single time. Like I know that you all are very intelligent. I know you understand the words coming out of my mouth. But that doesn't mean that your behavior is going to automatically change when you intellectually understand the concept. It takes very purposeful practice. And that's part of what I practice on a daily basis. It's part of what we do in growth studios. We intentionally and purposely practice new thoughts so that we can then adopt these new behaviors. Knowing what you want to do, knowing what to do, like the how of what of anything really is only about, I think, I think it's only about 25% of the equation when it comes to adopting a new habit or achieving a goal or just getting whatever it is that you want. The how is not nearly as important as many people think it is. We typically 
want to focus our attention on how do I do this? How do I create that? What's the how part of it? And just to like give you an example, I think a lot of like a lot of artists know that in order to sell their work, for example, they have to make the art and then they have to show it to somebody and then they have to offer it for sale. That's basically it, right? But within that, there are thousands of viable ways to do it. There's thousands of like how you get there. And we as artists get to choose which one fits best. So the problem isn't that you don't know how to paint a painting for, as another example, the problem tends to be all of the things that you tell yourself that block you from making a painting or that slow you down or that just stall you out so that you set the painting aside and don't finish it. The problem is all the things that you tell yourself that you believe are facts. You believe what you are telling yourself is the truth. And the things that you tell yourself about your art, they're just sentences in your head. They're not facts. Those sentences are your opinion about your art, but they're not the absolute truth. But having said that, they do have a direct impact on how you feel and what actions you take. There is a direct line from your thoughts to your actions. So if you are feeling scattered and you're feeling all over the place and you're taking action from that feeling of being scattered and all over the place and you don't like the results that you're getting. What's interesting is the change that you want to make is not to choose a different action. It's not to try a different how. It's the change that you want to make is in your thinking. That is what will make your actions stick. That is what will create the habit or it will get you to the goal that you're trying to achieve. What happens so often is that artists think that there is another way that they should be doing things. So then their brain is bouncing back and forth between what they're actually doing and the thought that they're not doing it right, that they should be doing things a different way, that they should be different, that they should be better at fill in the blank, they should be better at drawing, they should be better at color, they should be better at whatever. And there's a lot of energy that's spent bouncing back and forth between all of those ideas. Every time that there's a shift between the two ideas, or sometimes the three, four, five, 10 ideas that are bouncing around in your head, your brain has to reorient itself. It gets into that kind of like, wait, where was I? What was I thinking? What was I doing? What's going on here? And especially as artists, I think. It is our work to direct the brain and to keep it really focused because we tend to have lots and lots of ideas. And staying focused is how we get through all those ideas and make them actually a reality. So when we're bouncing around between like all these different thoughts about what's happening on the canvas or what we should or shouldn't be doing or what someone else might be thinking, then we have to come back to there's a coming back to the painting. And sometimes there's a prompt in front of you, like a prompt in the form of a half mixed color, for example. And sometimes there isn't, and you lose the thread of what you were doing. You lose that idea of like, oh, when I was focused and present with this painting, there was an idea about this painting that I wanted to 
execute next. And now I like, I don't remember what that was. I don't remember what I was going to do. Right. So I want to offer you that if your thinking is scattered while you are painting, there is a lot of time in your studio that is spent reorienting yourself back to the painting and back to your process of creating. When you choose to be focused, you stay in that thought process and your insights and your decisions become faster and faster and faster because you're completely focused on that thing that you're doing. When you curate your thoughts and choose them intentionally, you remove the friction between where you are and where you want to be with your art. That friction is oftentimes like all these other sentences, phrases that are running through your head. That is the biggest obstacle. So I'll give you an example. If what you want in your art is more abundance, let's say, and more freedom when you paint, first you want to get really, really clear on what that means to you. You want your definition to be focused and clear to start with, because then you know exactly where you're directing yourself. There's no question mark there. There's no assumptions. You're very decisive. Like, this is what I mean when I say I want more abundance and freedom. So how will you decide you have the feeling of abundance? That's another question that you want to answer for yourself. Again, this is focusing your brain on what it is you want so that you're not like switching back and forth all the time. This is something that I've been working lately on, and I noticed an old feeling that I don't like, the feeling of being rushed. And so when I had that feeling of being rushed, what I'm thinking of specifically is with the 100 Portrait Project that I'm working on, I had this feeling as I was painting one time of just feeling rushed. And that to me is like a trigger to pause and be like, okay, what's going on in my brain? What am I thinking about? What's going on here? That's my sort of notice to curate my thoughts and become aware of what's happening. So that's when I decided to focus my attention on abundance and on all the ways that I can possibly create that for myself, right? So I get to be responsible for that. I get to make that decision. I get to decide how I'm going to feel while I'm creating this project. So even if I have less than an hour to complete a self-portrait, for example, the question I want to ask myself is how do I want to think about that hour that I've chosen to give myself to complete that painting and feel abundance while doing it, right? So first, I'm going to think about like, what does it mean to me to feel abundance while I'm painting? For me, abundance feels like plenty. It feels like more than enough. It feels like there's no rush and my body and my mind are calm. They're relaxed. I have time to think things through. I have time to intentionally choose my materials. I'm not just grabbing whatever's at hand. I have time to consider how I want to make this particular painting that I'm focusing my attention on today. It means like abundance means that I I'm giving myself the ability to paint with conviction, to take risks in the painting, 
to step back and assess what I've created and where I want to take it next. And it means like abundance in that hour that I've given myself means that I also have plenty of time to clean up when I'm done. And maybe I even have a few minutes to spare. Like that to me is how I would define abundance in that hour. Like I'm not down to like 59 minutes and 45 seconds. And I'm aware of that clock ticking. Like I'm finished, cleaned up, and I have a few minutes to spare. That to me feels abundant. So that's what abundance looks like for me in that particular scenario. So now that I have defined that really, really clearly about it, I've really thought it through. I've gotten very specific about what abundance feels like in my body, what it looks like, what actions I will have taken from that place of abundance. Then I know how it feels in my body and I know what my results will be when I have chosen that feeling of abundance to create this painting and to experience that hour that I've given myself from a place of abundance. So now that I have that clearly, clearly defined for myself, I get to choose how do I want to think? Like what thoughts are true for me and will generate that feeling of abundance for me? So if I think about that, some examples of thoughts that would work for me in that scenario would be, this painting doesn't need to be perfect. One hour is plenty of time. I've done really good paintings in 20 minutes. I choose how long a painting takes always. So these are just some examples of ways that I can like direct my brain and thoughts that I can like pull and choose and be like, I'm choosing this thought on purpose. Another thought that comes up for me is like the more focused I am on this painting, the better I get at making decisions about my art. When I'm focused on my process, the rest takes care of itself. That's another thought that really, really works for me. I also like to think about just the idea that I often surprise myself with how fast I work when I am completely focused, like when I am curating my thoughts, when I'm allowing all of that noise to just dissipate and not take root in my brain and distract me from this hour that I've given myself. So those are just a few thoughts that work for me. Yours are probably going to be different. And that's really important, I think, to recognize that you're looking for, like, if you try this out, and I highly suggest you do, that you're looking for your thoughts that work for you. Totally welcome. Take as many as mine that work for you. Just make sure that they work for you and they don't feel like this doesn't actually fit. If it doesn't fit, then you want to just like tweak it, adjust it, play with different wording and come up with something that feels genuine and authentic and true for you that you're like, yeah, I'm not trying to believe that. I do believe that. And you'll know that because it feels right in your body, right? So I know, for example, that it's right for me when I feel my shoulders relax. I am one of those people, I'm a jaw clencher. So like when, you know, like when I catch myself with a clenched jaw, I know that there's something going on. So I know that these thoughts are true for me and that they're creating abundance when I feel my shoulders drop down. I feel my body relax. I feel at ease. 
I feel just genuinely calm and like there's like this almost like a feeling of serenity and just like this is where I am, this is where I'm supposed to be, and everything is right in my world right now, right? Just for this hour, just for this moment, even if there's like all holy hell is breaking loose in other areas of life. Like I can, like when you have this practice of purposely directing your mind, you are able to just be like, this is where I am. This is what's going on for me right now. This is what I'm choosing at this moment. And so tuning into how your body feels during that time is I find super, super helpful because it's just another like, yes, this is right. Yes, this is true. And I also like to think about what happens for me and what happens for my art when I allow myself to choose my thoughts and feelings intentionally. And when I go from being super scattered to like, which to me, super scattered, all that means is like, okay, I'm not directing my mind right now. And you can't direct your mind 24 seven. Like that's not even possible. It's just when you really need it, when you really want it. And for me, that's when I'm in my studio and when I'm in my creative space, when I'm doing something creative, I really want my full attention there. That is how I'm able to like take all of the things that I have on my plates, <laughs> like my very full schedule. And I really direct my thinking while I'm in any of those spaces. And I am just hyper-focused on what it is that I'm doing. And then I finish it and then I let it go and then I can relax. And then I, like my brain can do whatever it wants. Like I think that there needs to be time when you just let your brain be free reign and go wherever it needs to go. That's just part of our experience as human is being able to kind of like purposefully and intentionally go back and forth between the two of those. So one of the other things that I had to talk about today is, again, using my 100 portrait challenge as an example, because I've gotten some questions about this, like, what am I learning from doing the 100 portraits? What am I experiencing from doing it? For me, like the thing that I love is the cumulative effect of curating my thoughts about these paintings and how I create them is that I'm pretty relaxed about it. Like I don't experience any stress about it. Like I may have an hour or an hour and a half. Sometimes I only give myself a half an hour to do it, but I always choose to think of that time abundantly. And I decide ahead of time how I want to experience that time. So one of the things that I'm purposely choosing kind of like, you know, to reiterate this a little bit is I'm choosing to think of everything in this challenge that I'm giving myself with 100 portraits as I have total freedom and I have total abundance, even though I have purposely given myself constraints in terms of it's not a hundred paintings, it's a hundred portraits, it's a hundred black and white portraits. And I give myself a maximum of an hour and a half to work on them. And then sometimes I choose to do it in less time. And for me, I make that just like a fun game and it keeps all of it really like, I just look forward to it every single day. Like when I see like today, I have it on my schedule a little bit later in the day. So I'm going to like, I'm really looking forward to four o'clock my time when I get to sit down and paint. 
I love to have variety in my work and in my process. So sometimes I might take, like I said, the full hour and a half to work on a single image, or I might take an hour and a half and create 10 different starts to something and just let all of those percolate so that I always, again, it's just this, even in the creative cycle that I'm creating abundance, I'm creating an abundant amount of ideas to do with it. I'm creating an abundant amount of starts so that I always have something to play off of it, off of. I may look at a start that I have and decide like, oh, I love these things about that. I don't want to do this particular one, but I'm going to take that and I'm going to bring it into the next one. And there's just that constant like feeling of play and abundance that I'm choosing to have on purpose in this project and in my studio. That process and my thinking that created that process is what creates a feeling of abundance. I curate my thoughts purposefully and with intention in order to create that feeling of abundance and freedom. I love having infinite possibilities. So I create it for myself with my thinking. And I choose that on purpose. I choose on purpose not to be stuck in my thinking ever. And I have decided that overwhelm is just not an option for me in my process. And yes, you can just decide that. Like I just decide overwhelm is not an option. And I know what thoughts will create overwhelm for me. So I simply decide that those thoughts are just not available. So as an example, thoughts that will create overwhelm for me are any flavor of I have to, the idea that there's a right way to do it, that there's not enough time. If I'm thinking this is too much or it's too much in reference to like all the things that I have to do. Any flavor of those thoughts equals instant overwhelm for me. So I immediately tense up when I think them. And again, I'm in tune with how my body is. So if I feel that tension, then I'm like, hmm, what am I thinking about? So instead, what I do is I intentionally think things like I choose to fill in the blank. So instead of thinking I have to do this or I have to paint this way or it should look this way, I very consciously speak to myself with words like, I'm choosing to do this. I also like to think things like, any way that I choose to do this is the perfect way to do it. There's no right way. It's just the way that I make right. I also like to think that I'm the one who decides how long this will take. I decide how long this painting will take, not the painting. I have everything that I need. That's another thought that removes overwhelm for me. So I've just given you very concrete examples of how I curate my thoughts and intentionally create abundance. And because I have that habit, I know that abundance is always available to me. And that's just one example of a feeling that I want to create and how I do it. You might choose a different feeling. I'm giving you the example of abundance, but you can do this with any feeling that you want to generate. I just direct my attention towards creating that feeling. And I do that by choosing my thoughts on purpose because everything that we create starts out as a thought. And that thought 
creates a feeling. And from that feeling, we either act or we don't act. And then we get our results from whatever our actions or our inactions are. So I'll leave you with just one last thing that it is impossible to curate every single thought. So I choose which ones I focus on by looking at my results and then deciding if I like my outcomes. If I do like my outcomes, I don't change anything. I just let it ride. But if I don't like my results, then it's my responsibility to change my results. That's what I have for you all today. I hope you have a fabulous week. Before we go, I want to give a quick shout out. It's been a while since I've done this and I saw a couple of reviews today and I just wanted to give a shout out and a thank you. Family Thompson says, hello, I only found the podcast yesterday and listening to Antri's talk while I painted was really wonderful. I felt like I'd found a friend who was prepared to explain and talk through so much of the stuff that has been rattling around in my head. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Family Thompson from Canada. Also, and we have another review from Canada. This podcast gets to the point and is emotionally intelligent and grounded. Great website too. Thank you so much. And here's one from Great Britain. Pablo Presley says, Antrice is the perfect mentor to have with you in the studio. I need some help to focus and who better than the Savvy Painter podcast? How to create clarity. Oh boy, how spot on was that episode? Just like all of our podcasts, Antrice hits the nail right on the head. Trust yourself and take your next best step. I've listened to it over and over to get those messages deep in my psyche and it's working. Thank you so much, Antrees, for your coaching skills that dispel the myths that deny us the pleasure of enjoying what we do. We can get on with believing in ourselves rather than waiting for outside confirmation. Love, love, love this podcast. Pablo Presley, thank you so much for that review. It means the world to me. And I'm so grateful to all of you who listen to the podcast and create the work that you do. Have a fabulous week, everybody. I will talk to you soon. When you are aware of how powerful your mind is, you show up to your studio differently. You notice the abundant opportunities to level up your presence in the studio. And when you do that, you stop worrying about whether or not you have a voice because you know it was already there. Now your best work comes more easily. Join Growth Studio now. I show you your blind spots and help you create confidently. Just go to SavvyPainter.com forward slash join.